Garage Band, Yeti Blue Microphone, always you wrestle inside me. This is Talking Terry, the Terrence Malick Podcast. And I am your host, um, Paul Beer. That, of course, is the uh, Talking Terry theme song, courtesy of Jeremy Woodcock at JW Pencil and Pad on Twitter. And uh, this was a, a very exciting episode. We are dealing with Terrence Malick's debut film, Badlands, from uh, 1973. And it is truly a masterpiece. Um, Maybe this isn't terribly surprising as somebody who hosts a one-man Terrence Malick podcast, um, but in rewatching it, I was really struck um, at what an assured movie it is, how completely a Terrence Malick movie it is, while also um, having much more conventional uh, aspects to it, like there's a car chase, <laughs> for example. Um it's 94 minutes long, uh, as another example. Um, my guest this week is uh, Sean Rogers. He's a, uh, a, a writer uh, who writes about film. And uh, we had a wonderful conversation, great talk here, uh, where we talked about our, our mutual love of this movie, as well as Malick in general, where we first encountered Terrence Malick. Um, and where Badlands fits into our our, our uh, Malik fandom, he had some um, really insightful things to say about about this movie. And unfortunately, I think we got about half of it because my there's a little peek behind the curtain here. My computer, my iMac that I'm recording this on, uh, dates from the first. Uh, Obama uh, term and um, he is not doing so great and uh, we were so engrossed in our conversation that I didn't realize that this thing stopped recording uh, about halfway through so I want to apologize f uh, to Sean uh, and to the listener for uh, only getting half of uh, half of Badlands uh, talk that being said, um, Sean will be coming back on the show, and um, we will be hopefully uh, talking about other movies. But then, if, uh, if we can, we'll pick up where we where we left off. So yes, Badlands. Um, I honestly believe this movie, in rewatching it the other night, is a masterpiece. There are scenes that are just so gorgeous and stunning and humane and well-acted and uh, especially um well i mean it's really very much a two-hander with those uh with spacek and um um martin sheen um it's just uh it's it's just such a such a fascinating movie i think the one thing that <laughs> one conversation that i got cut off is whether or not this movie would get canceled now <laughs> for its subject matter for not being condemning enough of our of our uh, our young uh, spree killers 
Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, I, 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 I look forward to, uh, to revisiting this with, um, with Sean. And, uh, um, I, I think that, uh, even in our truncated form, we'll be able to really enjoy, um, uh, Sean's insights. So without further ado, uh, this is, uh, Sean Rogers and I talking about Terrence Malick's debut film, Badlands. Okay. Well, now I'm joined by Sean Rogers, uh, who is a writer of film, of film, uh, writes for movies for Cinemascope, uh, has written for the Globe and Mail, as well as the Walrus, and uh, you also project movies. I do, yes. I've never projected a Malik movie. Thank you so much yes. for coming today. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Glad no, to be here. So you, you, you haven't done a you haven't done a Malik. You haven't, I haven't I haven't projected a Malik movie. I've been in the same building as Malik Prince. The Thin mm-hmm. Red Line was at my uh, workplace. Oh at really? That point, yes, which was a beautiful print. So I mm-hmm. watched it projected, but I did not do the projecting of that. Print. I, I've I've never seen that in the theater. Yeah. I've never seen. Uh, I haven't seen pre pre Tree of Life movies in the theater actually. Now, now, okay. now that I think of it, yeah. not even Days of Heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that you know periodically it gets shown at at uh, the Lightbox and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. um, I'll have to keep my eyes mm-hmm. my eyes peeled. I watched um, Days of Heaven. I saw on thirty five when Richard Linklater uh, did a carte blanche screening at the film festival. In the early 2000s, mm-hmm. he brought a, I think it was a newly struck print of Days of Heaven. And he was talking about it as an inspiration. And then I think he and Malik are in the Austin film scene together. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that was an interesting screening. When um, when Malik did that, he did like a and a at South by Southwest a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It was Richard Linklater. Right, who, okay. Uh, yeah, just a bunch, just a couple of Texas boys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> into into ball and sports. Sure, I think yeah. they're both uh, Texas Longhorn fans. Right. Uh, I think I think the te- they get the face paint on. <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, receiving an email. Uh, there's a um, I think it's in song to song. I think there's a there's a brief shot of them at a at like a football game. A Texas oh yeah, Longhorns football yeah. game. Well, in, in Badlands, Sissy Spacek is uh, at a football game. That's right, yeah. yeah right. For one shot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yes, they, uh, and she's like gazing lovingly. I just watched this last night. Okay, yeah. so we should say that we both recently re- rewatched yes. Badlands. How does it, um, <clears throat> where, where does it fit for you, not only in terms of favorite Malik's? Mm-hmm. But when you when you first encountered it, yeah, uh, I think when you first encounter it is a great question as well because I feel like it's a movie that really changes with you. Um, so Badlands, I mean, the first the first four Maleks are like incredible, right? <laughs> so Badlands probably number two, maybe number three. You know, they change. Um, but uh, uh, first saw it. Days of Heaven was my first Malik. Uh, I caught up with Badlands on VHS when I was probably 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, was floored by it uh, before. This was before Thin Red Line came out. So it was like I had those two perfect 
movies uh, as everyone else did at that time. Were you um, inspired to watch those movies because because Thin Red Line was coming out? No, it was I. Uh, the television station Bravo used to show movies like between midnight and six, basically, and I would look through the guide the tv guide every week and see what i wanted to tape mm-hmm. and uh I saw now days... is it like cake wars is that what we're <laughs> yeah, exactly. that? Or like... we've gone from days of heaven screening to, <laughs> to, to cake to, boss to, to various yeah. housewives real, yeah. real housewives right? yeah. I, I, I think that's where i first saw uh, uh days of heaven as well yeah i think it was on on bravo or showcase or something like yeah, that yeah yeah at um uh 11 p.m. Anyway, yeah. go, go ahead. Uh, anyway, so I watched Days of Heaven, and I was like, this is incredible. Like, this is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. I need to catch up with more of this thing. And then in that day, there were still video stores, and walked over and rented Badlands. And, and what, where, where was this? Uh, Sarnia, Ontario. Mm-hmm. So uh, about an hour north of Detroit, three hours away from Toronto. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that uh, today in a small town like that, coming across this stuff is maybe more difficult i'm not sure in the age of the internet that's a good question yeah. i don't know if it's more difficult or easier or more difficult yeah because um on one hand all this stuff is theoretically available mm-hmm. like if you have itunes or mm-hmm. whatever but on the other hand you're just not gonna be able to walk into a place mm-hmm. and be like well you're not gonna turn on the tv and a terrence malick movie is playing right like, what is this yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah so um so yeah, uh, coming across it as a teenager. Do was, you remember the name of that video store? It was just a Rogers video. It was just right. So it yeah. wasn't like a. It wasn't like a. Um, it wasn't like an in, cool indie store right. with cred or anything. But there was one staff member who had like staff picks, and it, his staff picks would always be like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Oh, like, nice. Yeah, um, you know, kind of classics like that. Good for that. Good for that yeah. staff yeah. member. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it turned me on to a lot of movies and. Uh, uh, Malik made his rotation sometimes. Anyway, um, yeah, watching Badlands as a teenager was amazing because it's this movie that seems to be about young love and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, there's a kind of really uh, romantic cast to it and uh, uh, this idea of, like, a kind of outlaw road movie on the run, uh, you know, is obviously very, very appealing to you at that age. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and then, I mean, revisiting it, it's a movie that I would watch over and over again in that time of my life. And then came away from it for a while, came back to it a few years ago. And I was like, this is like crazy. Like a 25 <laughs> year old guy, like picking up a 15 year old girl and like murdering her father. Right. And yeah. And you're like, this is not romantic. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrifying. Um, uh, but, uh, I mean, rewatching it, it's just, it's it's amazing the kind of line that it walks between idealizing this kind mm-hmm. of uh again idyllic edenic young love yeah. and you know being kind of like uh having its eyes wide open about the way especially at that time in the early 70s that that kind of relationship was being romanticized mm-hmm. like in Bonnie and Clyde, Bonnie and, Clyde and, yeah. and uh especially Bonnie and Clyde I guess um but that you know being very wide-eyed about the fact that you know these people are murderers right. like they're they're not great people right but there is still a kind of real beauty to to what is happening around them yeah i, I think that's what sort of struck me because re-watching it um 
just last night, it was it, it it walks a line that I think is really difficult to achieve, and that it's sort of conscious about that. In that it's on one hand, it's going to show this, as you said, this sort of Edenic, this sort of especially when they're uh, in the in the forest mm-hmm. uh, building a tree house tree fort yeah <laughs> and living in this sort of and they have like paintings that they've presumably you know stolen yeah. from junkyards or yeah. whatever um and that they're living in this kind of uh of natural state yeah um and this sort of harmony but you it's easy to forget that in the pre- previous scene he'd shot his father <laughs> yeah <laughs> and had you know and, and uh uh and yeah, it's it, it's as you said, you can sort of see it as this romanticized when you're when you're the same age as the as, as mm-hmm. Sissy Space Sissy or Martin Sheen, you can sort of see it as this um, romanticized. But the I, I I found a lot of a lot of pathos in in SpaceX in particular, mm-hmm. like after after he shoots her father, mm-hmm. War Notes. And she sort of goes to him and is and is sort of st- st- like rubbing his face and touching him like that. Mm-hmm. And then she goes off into the kitchen, and he's just like he just dies. He's, mm-hmm. This is uh, there's no spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers <laughs> for, if you're listening to this for a forty year old movie, <laughs> exactly fifty year old movie. And and then he comes in. Sheen comes back into the kitchen, and she's like, "So how bad is he? Like as if he's gonna <laughs> as if, and he's just like, well." Uh, so well, yeah, because, this sort of na- na- naivete of yeah. like, or w- willful naivete. Well, again, when you're watching it, like I, I did at 16 or something, you're so closely identified with her, you don't realize that you're just a kind of callow yeah. youth. You know, you don't have the, the, the wherewithal to kind of process huge life events like this, which is completely evident in the way that she plays that character in that scene. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, and she just appears so young. And, yes. and that's the kind of thing when you're that that age you don't recognize mm-hmm. when you see someone who is i mean and, and sissy spacek was in her 20s i guess when this yeah i think she, we looked it up she was 23 yeah. or something yeah i mean but she looks so like yes. she looks like she's 15 yeah and so now it's 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 all the more sort of um poignant when you're now you know an older person mm-hmm. haggard uh in my case <laughs> uh uh looking back and like oh yeah this is just like a kid this is yeah. this is yeah yeah well, it's like it's weird because it's like, you know, the first time I saw it, Sissy Spacek was maybe the uh, point of identification in my twenties. You know, Martin Sheen was more mm-hmm. of a point of identification. Now it's like I'm ident- identifying with Warren Oates. Warren Oates being know? like, "Stay away from yeah. my daughter," <laughs> like painting that sign. Yeah, like, don't I've got come, a job to do. Don't come back. Yeah, get yeah. away. Yeah, and it's yeah, and that that's interesting because so much of what what sort of struck me rewatching it was so much of the. The, the self mythologizing mm-hmm. that Martin Sheen's character mm-hmm. partakes in. Mm-hmm. So you're so you're talking about that scene where he goes to like ask War Notes to be like, can I continue to see your mm-hmm. daughter? She means a great deal to me. Like he doesn't. It's funny because he he doesn't make a great case for any of this. Like he just <laughs> he just sort of shows up to where yeah um, where he's painting a sign mm-hmm. and it's like. Is he threatening him, or is he? He just sort of shows up. He's like, "Well, she yeah. means a great deal to me, so it'd be great if I can." And Warren <laughs> tells him to to go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of the the self mythologizing, 
something that I, I may have missed when I was younger is that uh, he is not the the Martin Sheen character is not like a like a cool dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas maybe when I was originally watching it, I I you you buy into the the thing that he is projecting. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. he is he is positioning himself and styles himself as James Dean. Yeah. And early on in the voiceover, Sissy Spacek is like, he, he, he looked just like James Yeah, Dean. kiss my ass if you don't look like James And Dean. then at the end of the movie, yeah. <laughs> with the, with the, and, and that is the... I, I, I think it was only in this viewing, like, that's sort of the climax in the movie yeah. for Martin Sheen. Yeah, he's like, I did it. He's like, I did it. And like, one, one, the cop in the, in the cop car is like, yeah, kiss my ass if he doesn't look like James yeah. Dean. He's like, there it is. And then... <laughs> so he's... We, we, when we first encounter him... He is um, like uh, a garbage yes. collector. Yes, seems to be like a, uh, sort of on the fringe of the garbage collecting business. Community. <laughs> 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 like oh, I'm done collecting garbage for the day. He yeah. walks away, then he <laughs> probably gets fired. Yeah. And you can see in the way that other people react to him, and also his own sort of dealings with like dead animals for example where he's like i'll give you a dollar if you eat that collie like that's yeah. the first thing that he says yeah uh, you're like this is not a this is not a cool dude yeah and he's not well liked yeah <laughs> so he he's uh, the, the the when he goes back to the the shop or what or whatever it is and the guy's like, "Did you hear the news? You've been fired. It's all over. The, it's all over the news." Like that. That guy can't wait to tell Martin yeah. Sheen that he's been fired, and yeah. he doesn't have to look at him anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, also, just that, just the the shot where he throws the keys into that that uh, bucket of oil or bucket paint? Of, of oil. Yeah. You're like, they're never getting those keys. Back. <laughs> and all the guy can do is like throw a peach pit at his back. <laughs> and and that, that happens. A couple of times early on where somebody throws something at Martin Sheen's yeah. back. <laughs> throws garbage at him. Yeah. But then he is able to... Anyway, in terms of the self-anthologizing, I, I feel like I can see that more clearly. Or I can mm -hmm. see that where that he is somebody on the on the on the brink mm -hmm. who has a great head of hair. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> it's Just amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. Lush, yeah. Who can... Who... Find somebody in SpaceX who can who sees him as he wants to be seen, mm -hmm. and I guess vice versa. Well, and she sees the world through the, I mean, through that kind of uh, tabloid romance magazine that she right. reads. Right? She sees the world through cliche, mm -hmm. and he fits into her worldview in a way that she is able to say, "Yes, this is that kind of person that right. I know about from my magazines, and that you know I am able to speak of in these kind of." cliche ways right yeah like in, in, even the voiceover which is it has this kind of um like romance novel or mm -hmm. like dime store kind of mm -hmm. um tone to, mm -hmm. to a lot of it mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting because she's often talking about stuff i, I was reading an interview with malik that he gave around the time mm -hmm. where he, he he thought that it, he wrote it so that it, it sounded like she was narrating like a school film like that mm -hmm. like that, that that was her that was her um reference mm -hmm. so when they're driving when they're on the lamb and they're in a stolen cadillac and they're driving across the the, the badlands just to points unknown with the police on their back instead of talking about how she feels about um 
uh, Kit, how what what she's feeling. She describes the things that they they were eating. Mm-hmm. They're like she we ate this salt grass and it tasted terrible, mm-hmm. and then we we would catch a we would occasionally hit a. A cow and to save on ammo. Yeah, yeah. Where right. he shoots a football. In the next scene. <laughs> so that, that is the other thing is that is Martin Sheen as like master criminal. Yeah. Um, is it's interesting because he obviously has some like survivalist skills mm-hmm. in some in in certain ways. Oh, well, he he built a, a wicked ass tree fort. Yeah, built a great tree great fort. booby traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, again, that's kind of like a child's version of like what you or vision of what you'd be yeah. like. Well, we're going to be on the land, so we might as we have a swinging we, yeah we've... ball with spikes <laughs> on it. But yeah, you know, so he's able to. He's obviously good at shooting things. Yeah, like he's a good shot. He well, I was reading something that said even though there's one mention of Korea, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the supposition is that you know maybe he was a marksman or, or had some kind of experience some in the of, war yeah and, some and kind it, of military training it, it, it certainly seems that way because yeah. you know he builds that like little trap door thing that yeah. he the, the little hide and foxhole it, and it works yeah. he's able to get the jump on the uh during that that ambush scene like with um the deputies or whatever mm-hmm. but in general like he's not a master criminal no. like he's sort of falling into mm-hmm. falling into these things mm-hmm. and as you said like where he's, <laughs> they're running low on ammo and he shoots a a football to deflate it because <laughs> it was taking up too much room <laughs> yeah. or when he's shooting fish yeah when he gets tired of trying to catch fish yeah. and he shoots it and that's what that's what tips him off yeah um um one of the things i mean about so in the early 70s right this is the kind of time of new hollywood and uh uh Scorsese and Coppola and all of that and Bob Rafelson and Five Easy Pieces and this is kind of like the only Malick movie that is a kind of character study Mm -hmm. in the same way that a lot of those movies are and it's like a character study of Martin Sheen and it's a real showcase for Martin Sheen's acting again in a way that Malick's movies don't really continue on with in the future they're not really showcases for actors Um, but I mean, this movie is fascinated with him, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of insight into him not, because yeah, that, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of depth to him, right? Right. Yeah. No, that, that that's a good point. Yeah. Is that it's so much of the of the screen time is just him watching, looking, mm-hmm. reacting, sort of planning. Mm-hmm. But as you said, I don't think there's a lot of depth, and there's no way to predict him either. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So in, in one case, and this is based on the. This is based on the true, uh, the, the true facts, which I guess we should say yes. is loosely based yes. on um, Charles Starkweather. Is that yeah. The name? yeah, Charles Starkweather uh, and his his spree in yeah. uh, in um, uh, in the late fifties. So this is loosely based. Some parts are seem to be quite closely based, and other parts are are uh, uh, fictionalized, mm-hmm. um, and. The the it, it's notable that Malik makes his crimes less or makes their crimes less horrific mm-hmm. than in real life. In real life, like a kid was like a child was mm-hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. The um, uh, when they go to the the wealthy the wealthy man's house, the yeah. rich man's house, as they say, those people were the maid and the the husband and the wife were killed mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's sort of inconsistent. In that, in the previous scene, he has his plan with the 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 kids who sh- kids who the who show the young up, couple the young couple who show up to Cato's house. Yeah, yeah. 
they're asking where Cato is. Also, <laughs> it's an interesting snapshot of a time where this would sometimes work and sometimes not work, where you'd show up to someone's house and then someone who does not live at that house would come out and be like, <laughs> they're sick. Yeah. And then people would be like, okay. And that's where it ended. Yeah. As um, Sean pointed out, this computer's from Obama's first term. This is the technology level they used to kill Bin Laden. They can't record 40 minutes of two guys talking. Hmm? Hmm. Anyway, it's called Talking Terry, not Recording Terry. <laughs> Come on. So that's disappointing. Um, well, next uh, next episode, hopefully, we'll be tackling um, Days of Heaven. Not sure who uh, who that's going to be yet. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, you know, record all of it. That'd be nice. In the meantime, subscribe. Um, leave a comment on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, and you know what? Just... Keep keep heading towards the mountains of Saskatchewan. You know, just get in your Cadillac and just keep driving towards the mountains of Saskatchewan. You'll get there eventually. I don't think there's mountains in Saskatchewan. All right. Until next time, thank you for listening. This is Talking Terry, and I'm Paul Beer. And this computer is on its last legs. <laughs> it's going to go to the electric chair. Bye. Bye.